should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths. In Aramaic, it says, swaddling bands and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Messiah, the Lord, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, again, Aramaic says swaddling bands, and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. Glory to God in the highest heaven. Why aren't you saying it? Why aren't you saying it? Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen 
which were just as they had been told. All right, beloved, we're going to go through this passage and we're going to talk about a few important points. It's all important. But they placed him in a manger. They placed him in a manger. This particular manger type was a place where they, the shepherds would place lambs, sacrificial lambs that were intended for temple worship to make sure they would check for their blemishes to make sure that they were spotless and blemish-free. That's what the manger did. That's what the manger was used for. Historically, it is established from about, there, there are different thoughts on this, but the earliest records, like 100 A.D., state that Jesus was born in a cave. Today, the cave in which Jesus, which they believe they have identified as the cave where Jesus was born, sits under the church of the nativity in Bethlehem. Now, there are other theories. I'm just telling you what I've studied out. So I want to look particularly at first at swaddling bands or swaddling cloths. Swaddling cloths here in this passage is the same Greek word that describes the bands of cloths that newborn lambs were wrapped in to protect them from harm and so that they couldn't be blemished, they couldn't receive damage, if they were to be the sacrificial lambs that were going to be used in temple worship. As we go through this today, I want you to focus on how intricate God's plan in the birth of Jesus, and, and, and it doesn't just, it's not just the birth of Jesus, it's the entire redemption plan. And beloved, I want you to understand that the intricacies and the miraculous nature of how God has planned you is no less important, significant, or miraculous. So I want you to keep that in mind as we're studying this out. So specifically, the scripture says, this will be a sign to you in Luke 2.12. This will be a sign to you. Who is he talking to? Who is he talking to? No, he's talking to the shepherds. In this scripture, he's talking to these shepherds. Okay, he says, this will be a sign to you. In the countryside, around Bethlehem, there was a special type of shepherd with a very special purpose. And these shepherds had the sole purpose of raising sacrificial lambs that were going to be used in temple worship. Okay? That, they didn't deal with the other lambs. They solely dealt with sacrificial lambs. So this was a special type of shepherd. It was a Levitical shepherd. 
They were specially trained. They had a special task of raising the sacrificial lambs. Sacrificial lambs had to be spotless. They had to be without blemish. They had to be one-year-old male sheep that had been outdoors the whole time. So when the mother ewe was about to give birth, she was taken to a special birthplace, a cave designated for sacrificial lambs. There were lots of caves, right, in the countryside. But she was taken to, this, uh, to a special cave. The cave was kept sterile and clean for the arrival of the newborn sacrificial lambs, the lambs that were about to be born. The newborn lamb then was examined in that manger and immediately wrapped in clean swaddling claws to protect it, to keep it from harm, to keep it from being blemished. So like I said, there were many caves, many mangers, but these shepherds would have known where to go. They would have known where the sacrificial, where the cave of the sacrificial lambs, because it was their business to know about, the, about you know, whom the angel spoke to them. So they would have gone immediately to the place where their sacrificial lambs were born to worship the sacrificial lamb, the lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the world for you and for me, the God who came in flesh so that you could know him and so that you could understand Hallelujah. So even at his inception, at his birth, God made it very clear that this was the lamb who would take away the sins of the world. The blood. The sacrificial lamb that would shed his blood for you of his own volition, and not only you, but for the entire world. Remember that, beloved. When you are out there talking to people, witnessing to people, come in the love of the Lord because he shed his blood not for just those that are believers today, but for every person that is yet to believe. And you are his miraculous instrument that is going to get that job done through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is you. It is your job. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. So, when the shepherds saw this babe laying in the manger, they would have seen those swaddling clothes, and it was a sign unto them. It was a sign unto them.
Every detail of Jesus' birth is miraculous and significant and showed who he was. Every detail about your birth is miraculous and significant. And you will be exactly what God wants you to be when you come in line with his word and are obedient to your Lord and Savior. You receive him as your Lord and Savior. So let us contemplate how intricate, how miraculous God's plan for Jesus' birth was and no less how intricate and miraculous his plan is for your life. You have a special, miraculous purpose on this earth. And it is not okay. It is not okay. It is not okay to say, I've served my time. It is not okay to say I'm old and I need to go. It is not okay. God needs the anointing of every age on this earth to do his will. There is an anointing that the 10-year-olds have. There's an anointing that the teens have. There is an anointing that the 20s and 30s and 40s and 80s and 90s have. Do not disregard someone because they are too young or too old because that's your problem. You think that. There is no such too young or too old in God's kingdom. Luke 2.13, it says, Heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Heavenly hosts praising God and glorifying him. Hallelujah. Let's look at Psalm 103 to give a little bit more information about this. 103.19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. Higher than every other throne. No throne compares. No other throne will exist for all of eternity. And his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. In this passage, the psalmist praises God 
because of his divine authority, his divine rulership over all. If you have a problem with authority, get rid of it, because if you have a problem with authority, you have a problem with God. He rules and reigns. We have the only task of trusting and obeying. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. All of creation is under God's rule. Why do you think Satan's under his feet? Do y'all ever shout or holler? Or or am I like the only one? (laughs) You know, whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. You can express glory in this church. (laughs) It is okay. It is desired. (laughs) Glory to God. As long as we're not trying to bring attention to ourselves in all things, glorifying God. Glorifying God. His throne is established forever and ever and ever. He will never be toppled. The heavenly hosts, the angels, praise him and give him all the glory. They don't take it for themselves. They give him all the glory. They are God's servants who obey his commands, who hearken to his word. His word in your mouth brings angelic activity on this earth. How many of you really believe that? They submit to his will. It is their pleasure to do his will. They do his bidding. They bring forth his plan. And his word in your mouth is a divine instrument. When these, this heavenly host appeared with the angel, this was a magnificent explosion of all the armies of heaven bursting onto the scene in heavenly glory. Do you get that? This was a miraculous event. Nothing, I mean, this is amazing. The glory shone around them. The glory shone around them. And when you walk obedient to his commands, the glory comes from within you and shines around you. And it will change your world. You think about the glory bursting from heaven 
to earth, announcing the birth of the newborn king. If you think I'm too excited today, you need to step over. You can sit there and think I'm too excited. And you can sit there and snicker. But every single one of you should be more excited even than I. You have been given something that has put hell on the run. It has defeated hell. It has given you the glory. And every single one of you, every single believer, should own the fact that they walk in the glory and are the answer. You are the light of the world. And only you are going to allow that to be snuffed out in your life because God will not. That is not his intent. He has designed you to shine, 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 shine. So they came, bringing heavenly glory, announcing that they had come to glorify. I have come to glorify my newborn king. We must do the same in our lives, giving him all the glory and taking none of it for ourselves. They came to celebrate the miraculous moment in which their commander came to earth. I'm talking about the shepherds. The commander of the heavens came to earth. And they came to announce that because of Jesus' birth, now we're on the angels, that because of Jesus' birth, there will now be on earth the peace child. On earth, on earth, peace between God and humankind. Peace, complete peace between God and humankind. No condemnation. Peace for all eternity to all who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The child born in a cave and laid in a manger. The entrance of God on earth, on the earth scene, to offer the hope of all the world, the hope of all the world, unity with heaven. Unity with heaven. Unity with heaven. Your Father God. 
unity with heaven, our Father God. Favor will rest upon all who acknowledge him as the Lamb of God. His favor will rest on you as a shield round about you, Psalm 512. As the angels praise God, so must we. So must we. As the shepherds praised God, so must we. Praise, praise, praise brings entrance into the holy. Praise. I'm not just speaking words, beloved, okay? Okay, I'm talking about real entrance. I am talking entrance into the holy of holies. I am talking entrance into the throne room of God. Praise is your entrance into the holy. Praise brings the divine to earth. You understand that? Praise opens the door for all the manifestation of God's fullness, God's fullness, God's fullness in our lives. Think of these angels, their arrival coming in praise. And as we do the same, we are elevated into the divine. It's here. It's here. Jesus came, and now we have the Holy Spirit. Do you remember when he was baptized? It says the Holy Spirit remained. Do you remember that? Okay, it hasn't been taken away. Praise and thanksgiving opens the door of our hearts. That's what it does. Opens the door of our hearts to all the goodness, all the fullness of God. Praise and thanksgiving ushers in the blessing of God. Entrance into our lives. Praise and thanksgiving. It helps us to put ourselves aside and allow God to work through us. Praise establishes joy in our hearts. It establishes joy in our life. It brings us strength in our souls. Luke 2.19, it says, Mary pondered these things in her heart. The Greek there is the word santerio. It means, listen to this, listen to this, because this is important for us to do. I preserve, I keep safe, I keep in mind, I keep close, I keep intact. I love that part of the definition. I keep intact. Every part, all the beautiful elements that fit together to bring the miraculous to earth. See that? 
She pondered. Mary pondered that. Mary pondered every element of his birth. I mean, we only talked about a few things right here. There were many, many more things making the divine obvious. So we must keep fresh. We must keep close. The things that God has done for us in our lives, the promises that he speaks to us personally by the Holy Spirit, the promises that he speaks in his word, do not take anything for granted. Do not take anything for granted. Cherish the goodness of God that he has put in your life, your families, your testimony, your witness, your friends, your church. Give him the glory. Recognize his beauty in every step. Recognize, keep it intact. Recognize his goodness. His promises are prophetic. Every promise that he has brought to pass in your life is a, prom- is a prophecy of your future. You must remember, you must keep intact, you must keep them close at heart. Every promise in the word is a prophecy over your life. Pray into them, pray into those. And when you pray into them, when you join faith with those things, they become, those promises, they become established in your life. Don't let the devil speak to you other than the, you know, against count. He will speak to you counter, but you don't have to receive it. Right? The testimony of Jesus, we covered this a couple weeks ago, But let's remember, the testimony of Jesus is the sure word of prophecy in your life and in the lives of others. Because when you bring the testimony of Jesus, what he has done for you in your life to others, it becomes prophecy over their lives. He tells us to remember the things that he has done for us because he'll do it again. He'll do it again. He never changes. Pondering the things that God has done for us brings us strength. It brings us courage. It brings us refreshing. It gives us stamina in times of trouble, in times of need. What he has done in the past for us is prophetic of what he will do again in our future, and even greater things will he do. And not only for you, but for others. That's why your testimony is so important, and that's why the devil wants you to forget, and that's why he wants to steal from you, and that's why he wants to talk against the word to you. But you have the mind of Christ, and you're not going to believe those things. What he has done, he will do again. What he has done for you, he's going to do for others. So we must ponder, we must ponder, we must keep intact, we must keep close in our hearts the blessing 
the blessings that he has poured out upon us and give him the glory, give him the praise, give him the honor. Every birth, every birth, like I say, we just looked at a few things today about Jesus, but every birth, your birth, every one of you, every single one of you, look up at me, everybody. Your birth, your birth, your birth, your birth, your birth, your birth. Every single person in this room is the entrance of the divine on this earth. You are a, when you have received Jesus, you become a divine doorway. You are the herald. Get these words, beloved. You are the herald of the miraculous. You. You are the herald of the miraculous. You are the herald. You are something significant. You are something magnificent. Significant. You are magnificent. And God wants your magnificence, your significance to shine for all mankind. Just as Jesus. Just as Jesus. Your birth, your life is the encounter of the divine with the things of earth. That's who you are. You are the encounter of the divine with the things of earth. Do you get that? You are a divine design planned out in the heart of God. You are a divine design planned out in the heart of God before the foundations of the world were set. That's you. And you are meant to be his light. You are meant to be his light in a fallen, in a chaotic, in a fear-filled, and a desperate world. That's you. You've got the power. You've got the glory. You've got the greater one. If you are saved, if you are born again, if you have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, and I am talking Lord, not lip service. I'm talking Lord. Lord. A passion after him. You are to be his heart, his heart to mankind, his help to a world in need. Remember how we studied help last, last week? That he said he came, that's what he came to do is to help, to help, to help a world in need. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, I encourage you, beloved, in this time when you have great reason to celebrate, you have incredible reason, reason beyond anything that we can even imagine. You have great reason to celebrate 
the dawning of light and love to be the beacon, to be the beacon and the lighthouse that he has designed you to be. Remember that you are the miraculous created by the hand of God to affect this earth. Luke 2.17 said, as the shepherds spread the word about the Christ child. That's what they did. They spread the word and people were amazed. They spread his glory and you are meant to be his glory spreaders. That's who you are. You are meant to be his glory spreaders because he created you. He created you in glory to be glory. So that's what the Lord had me share with y'all today. And we're going to accept, we're going to take communion. In this church, communion is open to every born again.